your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, especially be sure to check us out on the Odyssey app. Joe DiBiase uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports joining you on today's podcast following the Sabres Thursday practice. Little preview of Sabres and Bruins coming your way on today's show. An update from Sabres practice on Thursday morning, as well as some some Eichel Twitter nonsense that I wanted to get into on the podcast that fans have been going back and forth on uh, on Twitter on Thursday morning. So that's all coming your way. Be sure Again, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sabers, and you can check out our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Locked On Sabers. Jordan Hanskin rejoins me in the podcast Friday after the Sabers play the Boston Bruins. So, start things off with an update on practice. Sabres were on the ice this morning. Cody Eakin will be out for the next couple of games. He was not on the ice. That comes from Sabres head coach Don Granado. A little breath of fresh air. You've had a lot of secrecy in the last couple of coaching regimes, especially under Ralph Kruger, who would just not give you anything when it came to how injured players were, what the injury was, when they would return. Sabres coaches have not wanted to tell you anything. Pretty cool that so far, uh, the first really indication we get of how Don Granado is going to operate in that way is giving us a pretty clear timeline uh, of what is going on with Cody Eakin. He left practice early on Wednesday. He'll return either next week, or he'll return next week either on Monday against Tampa Bay or Tuesday at Anaheim. Uh, Vinny Hino-Stroza, Sabres winger, was back on the ice this morning on his regular line. Uh, he had a maintenance day on Wednesday, so he looks good to go for Friday's game against the Boston Bruins. Granado also said, by the way, today that uh, the goalies will split the weekend. It's not known yet who starts Friday versus Boston. Uh, so Anderson will get one, and Dustin Tokarski will get the other. For the Sabres' opponent on Friday night, find out... Test one, two. For the Sabres' opponent, we found out Thursday that the... the for the Sabres opponent, we find out Thursday that the Bruins will be going with former Sabre Linus Olmark in net. That will be happening. He'll start for Boston. His first start for the Bruins. The Bruins have only played two games thus far, and rookie Jeremy Swayman started the first two games, a goalie that the Sabres were reportedly or rumored to be trying to acquire at the trade deadline last season. He is going... He was the guy to open the year for Boston first two games, and he might have uh, a solid hold on that number one job. But you know Allmark will get a chance at it because of his success in the past with the Sabres, one of the best five-on-five save percentage goalies in the league the past couple of years, and Boston paid him. They gave him a sizable contract, four-year deal, $5 million per year, so you know he's going to get a crack at the number one job, and this will be his first chance to kind of earn that back after a really rough preseason for Allmark. Um, think he gets a tribute video? I would guess he does. He was here long enough, right? He was in the organization for almost a decade, and he was as good a starting goalie as they've had uh, going back to Miller. So I would say Allmark does get one, um, especially because he was a well-liked figure. I I hazard to guess that he was the most he was the most well-liked Saber of the last of the drought. Maybe I mean who beats him? Not counting the guys that were in the drought and before that, like Miller and Vanek and whatnot, but Allmark was 
always fun to listen to. He was always funny. He was always hanging out with fans. Uh, he was always super positive. He was a good player. He came from being a six-round pick. He had a nice story. Uh, so I, I think Allmark's a pretty well like saver. I think he gets a tribute video. Uh, Swayman, by the way, not the greatest start to kind of solidify the the hold on that number one job over Allmark. The door is certainly open for him to get it, not just because of the contract. Swayman, pretty good opening game. One goal allowed on 28 shots against the Dallas Stars in night number one. But then Swayman allowed five goals on 24 shots last night against the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, if you're looking, if you're wondering what the Bruins look like these days up on the ice, because of course I mentioned you don't have Tuka Rask uh, that's going to be there for this season. You had a number one line that's, that, that's the typical line they've had. Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand up top. Line number two, they add Taylor Hall in the offseason, uh, or they re-sign him in the offseason. He's been skating with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith. David Krejci heads over to play at home in the Czech Republic. Coyle has been the guy that's been filling in for him uh, as the second-line center, and that's really all they got for that. Uh, line three, Eric Halla down the middle with Nick Felino and Jake DeBrusque. You might have forgot that Buffalo native and Marcus Felino's brother, Nick Felino is now a member of the Boston Bruins. Line four, Thomas Nosak, Trent Frederick, and Carson Kuhlman are the Bruins' forward lines going into Friday night. Their blue line is a little uh, underwhelming. It's not quite the the blue line that they've had even last year, let alone what they were in their heyday. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, bona fide number one up top, but with Derek Forbort, who is playing on his left side top pair. That's pretty rough. Uh, Mike Riley, Brandon Carlo, not a bad second pair at all. But then line three, or pair three, Matt Grizzlick and Connor Clifton. Uh, the Bruins not with the most star-studded blue line uh, by any means. So that's a little look at the opponent. Sabres and Bruins coming your way Friday night. Uh, before we get into some of this Eichel Twitter nonsense. I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action of the season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, you even got your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. And this podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, $353 at a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. They got everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that we know they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design experience the empowering feeling of the lexus suvs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to lexus sales event now through april 1st get 750 dollars cash towards the lease of our 2024 nx 350 all-wheel drive experience amazing at your lexus dealer Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. 
Joe DiBiase, thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, wanted to jump into some of this Eichel Twitter nonsense that you may have seen uh, on over the course of Thursday morning. Uh, it started with a tweet from an account, uh, Veronica R. Brown, uh, at V. Chasey Brown is the, is the handle. Um not, not like you know, fifteen hundred followers. No one in the media or anything, but like a, a real account, not an egg. Um, and she tweeted, "The Sabers prove that once toxic person that oh, let me try this again. The Sabers prove that one." See, she she like wrote it weird. Now that I'm seeing, so it's tough to read. The Sabers prove that one toxic person can destroy a whole team. Imagine how much better a lot of businesses, organizations, sports teams, etc., would be if leaders listened and recognized the signs. If one person matters more than a whole team, that is a problem. And this caused a whole firestorm because this is the first sign of fans blaming Jack Eichel uh, for the for the losses and the, the, the bad years that they've encountered since he became a member of the organization. And what you always hear about Eichel being the problem, if you ever hear it, is off the ice. It's what was he like as a captain? What was he like in the locker room? Because on the ice, he was great. He was a playmaker. He set his teammates up. He was a goal scorer for sure, but he was definitely a very good, unselfish player when he was on the ice. And from what I saw on the bench, he was a very good leader. He was always helping out young players, especially with Victor Olofsson when he first arrived in the NHL. Um, Did it with Dylan Cousins last season. He's the first guy jumping up and down after Cousins scores his first NHL goal. He seemed like he was one of the guys. Was he the best captain? I mean, from what you've heard, I know J.S. Day, former Sabre uh, and former Rochester American who spent time in the Sabres locker room, came out and said this summer that Eichel just wasn't the most personable guy, that he wasn't going to come up and chat it up with you. He was kind of reserved. I, I don't like blaming him for the woes of the franchise, though, because he's quiet or anything like that. Um, so to me, that is complete bogus, especially when we just did this. We just did this three years ago. This point here is trying to be made as he's toxic and it infected the rest of the team and that's why they've been bad. That was the same exact talking point about Ryan O'Reilly when he was being traded out of Buffalo and after he arrived in St. Louis, the Sabres were first place in the NHL in the month of November and the Blues were in last place. Look how that went. Look how that went. Because those were the points we were hearing. It was, O.C. O'Reilly was the problem. And he was a, a cancer on the locker room. And he it was infectious to the rest of the team. He wasn't a leader. And then what really happened uh, in fruition, what ended up happening? The team that was talented won the Stanley Cup. O'Reilly, surrounded by talented players that could pass, that could skate, and that could score won the Stanley Cup. Hmm. Guess O'Reilly wasn't so toxic that you couldn't win with him as their number one center, even their best player winning the Conn Smythe. And to me, the same thing is happening right now with Jack Eichel, a much more minor scale because it's only been three games and he is technically still on the roster and he's not playing for anybody else. So it's a lesser version of that, but the same thing is happening right now. And to me... If Eichel was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow, 
they'd still be a Stanley Cup contender, right? They'd be even better because Eichel would now have talent all around him. That is the problem. It has never been the attitude. It has never been the work ethic. It has never been the locker room. The things you can't see, the things you can't measure. You want to believe that those are the things that are causing the problem because otherwise it's harder to explain. But to me, it's not that hard to explain. You can measure how skillful this team has been by looking at how much they possess the puck and looking at how accurate they are passing the puck and looking at their skating ability. It is very easy to see to me that on the ice, talent is the reason this team has been so bad. It has nothing to do with Jack Eichel being a toxic person, which none of us even know anyway because nobody is in that locker room and nobody can tell you what it is really like in that locker room when it is just the players and the coaches. Because even when it's the media in there, you're not really in the locker room. I've been in that locker room when there are players in there and just media, and let me tell you, that is not a real locker room. It is a it is basically a transpa- transplanted press conference. So to me, there is no re- there's no way to tell what Eichel has really been like behind the scenes, and I think a lot of it is probably bogus, completely bogus. Um, so that's really my thoughts on the whole Twitter conversation that was happening today with uh, with Eichel. It did make me think of one scenario that I don't think will ever happen, but I was just I was just kind of out and about thinking about it the other day. Like, what happens if the Sabres are legitimately good? What happens if they are on their way to making the playoffs? I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not, I don't even think they're going to come really all that close. I think if I had to guess at their point total right now, they're going to end up in the high 70s. Given what I've seen through three games, I'm still open to them being a team that's like in the, the high 50s and 60s. Um, I'm less open to them being like a high 80s uh, point total team. But let's say that they do stun the world. They stun the world. That the Sabres coaching and the players, like, they really mesh well together and they end up uh, on their way to the playoffs. Does Eichel go to Kevin Adams and say, because he's never played in a playoff game. He's never even come close. He's never been in a playoff race. Does Eichel go to Kevin Adams and say, I want to play on this team, but I got to have my artificial disc replacement surgery. It's got to be that surgery. Could Adams come back and say, well, if you're willing to buy into this group and play on this team we will let you get the surgery you want. Could there be a could there be a negotiation there? Could there be a, a common ground that is found in the middle that Adams and the Sabres would let Eichel get the surgery he wants if he was, again, committed to being a, a high-profile player on this team? Maybe not even being captain, but just being on this team? Because that's one thing I got into it with, with fans a little bit today, that the Sabres would still be 3-0 with Jack Eichel on the ice. I, I think... now. Now I'm kind of going back and forth on this, though, because originally, when you think of Eichel, it's skill and it's speed. He's the fastest player on the team. He's got the second-best shot. He's maybe the best passer. Doesn't that fit for Don Granato? Don Granato, who fit, plays a flowing, movement-based system that is that is prioritized on speed and skill, wouldn't Jack Eichel fit that perfectly? But I had Chad D. Domenicis of Expected Buffalo on my radio show on WGR on Thursday morning, and Chad kind of went against that a little bit, and he made some good points as to why he thinks he wouldn't be the perfect fit, and it wouldn't necessarily be that Eichel would be uh, making this team uh, a ton better in terms of the system. It's because... When Eichel's on the ice, the puck always goes to him. Like not not because you know he demands it or because or anything like that. It's just he's the best player on the ice and he's capable of having everything flow through him, which means everybody else kind of becomes a complementary player because that's how good he is. 
but a lot of times that can cause the game to slow down a little bit because Eichel's almost racing ahead of the rest of his teammates. And even on the power play, everything is running through him. It's not flowing as much. I think that's really what the point was, is that when everything is going towards Eichel, when the puck is always going towards Eichel, the flow that you're currently seeing the Sabres play with is not is not really there. But at some point, you're going to need a star level player to be able to fit into a system like that. So I, I only, I'll only go some way to say that, um, that, that Eichel would be, uh, would be helping this team in terms of, or would be a perfect fit for the system. I think he would be helping this team and I would love to find a way to get him back on the ice. But again, that's a dream scenario and uh, can't realistically imagine uh, that really coming to fruition. All right, that's it for me today on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Again, me and Jordan will join you after the game on Friday night. Thanks for making Locked on Sabres your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.